Good morning, and welcome once again to Mind Matters, our series of abridged talks and lectures. I'm Carol Meng. Despite the increasing concern in our society on the issue of animal welfare, shocking animal abuse cases still appear in the newspapers from time to time, and there still is a distinct lack of representation and protection for animals in our legal system. Today, Mr. Kim McCoy, a barrister at law and the founder and director of the Hong Kong Animal Law and Protection Organization, will walk us through the existing animal laws that we have in Hong Kong and problems in our legal system and what we can do to improve. He was invited by the University of Hong Kong to give a talk entitled "Advancing Hong Kong Animal Law: Pioneering Progress and Shaping the Future." Despite animal news often popping up in our day-to-day lives on Instagram, on、uh, Facebook, and whatnot, the majority of the articles that we see、um, often depict a very sad story in relation to in relation to the animals. Okay, and this, of course, you can see is the bride's whale, made very famous from its、um, you know very chance encounter in Hong Kong, and its unfortunate demise in Hong Kong very soon after. So. Whether it's another incident of an animal being cruel,、uh, cruel ha- having had cruelty committed against it, whether it's another wildlife smuggling incident、uh, involving rare and endangered animals, or whether it's just the presence and then the very soon not presence of rare animals in Hong Kong, the reoccurring theme that we get can be summarised in the following way: animals in Hong Kong are not properly protected. And more can be done, and needs to be done, to ensure that they are. Now, as legal practitioners and experts, we have an unhealthy obsession with the letter of the law. So it's only fitting that I highlight what sort of ordinances and laws we have in Hong Kong to protect animals. So these are just—it's a very quick snapshot of what we have. Okay, so you can see Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Ordinance, Cap One Six Nine. That's the primary legislation we have here in Hong Kong to curtail cruelty. Now, this is the piece of legislation that we're going to spend most of our time on today.、Um, but you'll see it's only eight sections long, and that's the whole ordinance. It's completely underwhelming. Cap One Seventy, the Wild Animals Protection Ordinance. You're looking at wild animals, so not the companion animals that we have at home. But your、uh, your wild pigs and other animals that you see in the wild and not domesticated. Cap four to one, the rabies ordinance. It's introduced a fight off rabies. Rabies, a very serious disease, but one that we have not had in Hong Kong since 1986. Okay,、um, but there are lots of obligations on dog owners to get their dogs vaccinated, microchipped, and things like that, just to make sure that this disease doesn't, for some reason, take off again. Cap 340 about how animals are being used in experiments, okay, and the obligations on those who are experimenting on animals. Cap 586, protection of endangered species of animals and plants ordinance.、Um, this gives effect to our obligation under CITES, which is an international convention on the international trade in endangered species of wild flora and fauna, and we want to try and reduce the exploitation of such. Um, through our obligations under this ordinance, okay,、um, and Cat One Six Seven, Dogs and Cats Ordinance. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. The best way to demonstrate 
the focus of this talk is to have an analysis of this ordinance, okay? This is CAP 169, um, and how the wording of this section has translated into cases, okay? We will also hypothesize what sort of amendments will be made to this ordinance and when and why the change is needed to ensure that animals have the full protection of the law. But we start here, okay? This is, this is the very first piece of animal welfare legislation in recorded history, and it's called Martin's Act. So Martin's Act, or the Cruel Treatment of Cattle Act 1822, was the first piece of recorded legislation, okay? Martin's Act made it a crime to treat a number of domesticated animals, uh, your cows, your sheep, your horses, uh, cruelly or inflict suffering. Um, Martin's Act is really famous because it's not only the first piece of legislation, but Richard Martin, the man who the act was named after, actually brought the donkey that was said to be cruelly abused into court. Now, the injuries on the donkeys were so bad that the judge said 100% cruelty had been committed, you will be found guilty. Okay, so it's an interesting way of, of how um, the law has sort of started. You, you really prove your case by proving your case by bringing your donkey into court. Uh, we don't really do that these days, but it would be better if we did, I think. So in Hong Kong, our animal legislation journey started with the Good Order and Cleanliness Ordinance, 1844. And it provided that if any individual shall wantonly, cruelly mutilate, it will, it will use animals without necessity, a fine of no more than $200 shall be imposed on the offender. In 1911, in the UK, it introduced the Protection of Animals Act 1911, okay? Uh, and that gave rise to the first rendition of our present ordinance, the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Ordinance, because in Hong Kong, we like to copy and paste what the UK does. And since 1935, that's really about it, okay? We've had some amendments to the ordinance, in 2006, where the maximum term of imprisonment increased from six months to three years, and the fine increased from $5,000 to $200,000, but that is it. Nothing else has changed. Whereas in 2006, in the UK, they said, well, the current legislation isn't fitting where we are in life. So let's introduce something else. So they introduced the Animal Welfare Act in the UK. So whereas the UK said, we're going to introduce this new act moving forwards, Hong Kong said, uh, we'll punish the bad people a bit further, but that's about it, okay? And that's really not good enough. So if we think about, you know, the prevention of cruelty, it's probably important to understand what cruelty actually means. Um, and a big feature of the difference between Hong Kong and the UK is the focus, okay? So in Hong Kong, we're talking about the prevention of cruelty. It's it's sort of caged in a negative. We don't want something bad to happen. Whereas in the UK, it's the Animal Welfare Act. We want to promote animal welfare. So you can already see in the UK, we're thinking very positively about animals. Whereas in Hong Kong, the mindset is a bit more negative. And that's part of the problem. So when we talk about cruelty, we go back to this very old case, Ford and Wiley, okay? So it's about a farmer who had cut the horns off a cow um, and the procedure had caused, caused the animal great pain. 
And what he wants to do was because he had so many cows, but only limited space. If he could cut off the horns, he could fit more cows in. Okay. And so the question was whether that was cruelty. And the judge said, yes, that's very clearly cruel, cruelty. Why is it? Because, uh, at the end of the day, cruelty, um, is this. If it's inflicted cruelty, it's without necessity or good reason. So if you, if you have a reason or a necessity to do something, that's arguable whether that's cruelty. But if you're just doing it because I want to put more cows into the shed, that's not a valid reason. Okay. So that's, that's the difference. Um, and that's what cruelty is. Okay. So whether something is necessary will need to be done in pursuit of a legitimate aim. Cruelty is unnecessary suffering. Okay. So we talked, touched earlier on CAP 169 and how it consists only of eight sections. Section three is the main section. Okay. And it's the main operative section being what constitutes cruelties and the penalties for cruelty. So this is the section. Okay. And if you just look at the wording in section three, a any person who cruelly beats, kicks, ill treats, overrides, overdrives, overloads, tortures, infuriates, dot, 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 dot. Um, this is language that you and I in 2023 do not really use. Okay. This is language of 1935. Yet this still it informs us what cruelty is today. Uh, we're not using these definitions in everyday conversation. But why is it still the law today when we're talking about what cruelty is? But it's not just A. There are other sections in Section 3 um, that constitute cruelty. And I'm not going to go through them because it's just a lot of words. But cruelty can exist in different forms in different ways, okay? So you can see uh, being in charge of an animal in confinement, types of transportation, crates and baskets used for animals, and the loading of animals. So you're thinking about uh, your perhaps cattle, sheep, uh, and other livestock that may have been used in Victorian era, but we don't really see that here in Hong Kong at the moment. Okay. But it goes on. EFG as well. Fighting with animals. Uh, we don't really have a lot of dog fighting or animal fighting in Hong Kong. Thank goodness. Um, but there's a section there just in case it does happen. Um, and you have F and G as well. What's interesting is, uh, section, uh, subsection G because of the use of the word may, okay? Any animal in any way which may cause it needless or avoidable suffering. So it's not an actuality, it's a possibility, okay? If it if something will possibly happen or be true but not be certain, that's enough. But we don't see that being used in Hong Kong, okay? That's a very powerful subsection to me, but it's just not being used because I think people don't understand this ordinance. So apart from being very, very old and outdated, what are the limitations? So despite the breadth of the section, uh, of section three, the greatest limitation is the failure to enforce it properly. Okay. And there are several reasons why you'll see that animal cruelty exists as a summary offense only. So that means it's not serious. It's not considered serious enough by the law. Um, and as a summary offence, there's a time limit in which uh, an information or a charge can be brought. And that charge, uh, that time limit is six months. So you've got six months from the act of the cruelty happening 
to um, to to bring a charge. Otherwise, nothing can be done. And if you think about the situation where you're getting animal cruelty and animal cases on the road, you're seeing a dog that's been beaten up or uh, abused. It's it's going to take a lot of investigation to figure out who did it, how did it happen, what other evidence do I need to prove that this dog has suffered cruelty, uh, and then to bring that to court. And a lot of times, that's just not enough time. So a lot of people are just not getting prosecuted because there's a six-month time bar for anything happening, okay? And you're not getting a lot of people getting caught red-handed. I mean, you see the occasional uh, stories on Instagram, you know, cats being put in washing machines or news articles about, uh, you know, pigeons or doves being uh, abused and there's been CCTV cameras, but it's not very often that you get an eyewitness or a witness that is able to tell us what happened, okay? Um, so there are difficulties in law enforcement. Also, you're talking about an evolution of, of time. So you've got dogs that are, or animals that are being cruelly abused. Um, and time passes and investigations go on. So when, when it gets to the time where a, perhaps a dog or a cat is being assessed by a veterinary expert to see what is it, what it is that has happened to this dog, a lot of the injuries may have already healed. And so you, you're limited in what you can actually do about these things. You're listening to Mind Matters, where we just had Mr. Kim McCoy from the Hong Kong Animal Law and Protection Organization giving us an overview of the existing animal law in Hong Kong. Next, he will tell us what we can do to better protect animals in the city. We've talked about the many pitfalls, the many problems, uh, and the experts in our field have been calling for amendments for a very long time. Uh, how long? 2010. And again, we have Professor Whitford and Dr. Woodhouse, who, uh, who authored this review of animal welfare legislation a long time ago. And to summarize very briefly, they found that the anti-cruelty legislation in Hong Kong lacks the necessary power to assist animals in danger of suffering and abuse. Uh, the law, as it stands, was enacted in 1935 and can only be enforced against an owner where an animal has already been the victim of an act of over cruelty. So it's reactive. An animal needs to suffer before the law steps in. That can't be right. Okay? So authorities must stand by and wait for a neglected animal to be harmed before the law allows them to do anything. The law should not be reactive. It needs to be proactive. And that's what the UK has done through the Animal Welfare Act. But Hong Kong, we're still reactive. That's a big problem. So one of the major missing links in CAP 169 is the introduction of the tortious concept of duty of care, okay? Now, this imposes a positive duty on animal owners to care for them. So we're making sure that they have enough water, food being uh, walked properly, they have enough space, um, their leashes aren't too tight, they're, they're not too hot, they're not too cold, things like that, okay? 
it gives owners a responsibility, a legal responsibility to do what they need to do for their animals. Failing that, that would be an offence, okay? So that would not only protect animals which have already been harmed, but protect those in serious danger of harm, okay? So that's the proactive step that we need. And we see this already in a lot of different new, uh, jurisdictions, Australia, New Zealand, UK, US, they've all introduced this concept. Hong Kong, question mark, okay? Um, there are other introductions that uh, the authors have suggested, and I think they're all extremely valid in order to properly protect animals, okay? So we're seeing, again, early intervention and improvement notices to improve welfare. And education is a big one. So everyone here today is already doing their part to help animals in Hong Kong by understanding not only what the problems are, but how animals need to be protected and what we can do to make sure that they are protected. We've also said specific crimes are required, okay? They need more changes in the law and public policy. So again, hoarding and the need for shelter regulation, there's problems with the way grooming parlors and animal training facilities are, are being run. They, they need stronger regulations in terms of the boarding establishments, um, new offenses from falling from height, things like that. Okay. So there's so much that Hong Kong can do in terms of animals and animal law, yet we're not doing it. Um, and that's a big problem. Um, as we saw in the previous table, it's safe to say that the sentencing for animal law, uh, animal cruelty is pitiful. Okay. So the average sentences for serious cruelty have only increased marginally since the 2010 report that we had from uh, Professor Whitford and Dr. Woodhouse. In the earlier study, you can see that they saw, they reviewed sentences from 2006 to 2008. Of the convictions recorded during that two-year period, only half of the offenders received sentences of imprisonment. And the average sentence was two months imprisonment, with most offenders being ordered to serve six weeks or less. So that's extremely, extremely poor. And you can see um, some of the, the findings made by the authors. And I think they're really interesting because despite time changing, despite the world evolving, despite news, uh, you know, keeping keeping in the, in the forefront of our minds and, or, you know, on social media and on television, things don't change here. But it's so easy to make good decisions in terms of animal welfare and animal law. But there's a really strong hesitancy to do so, and I don't know why. Um, the, only, the, only, the only answer I tend to give is because they're just animals, okay? People just think, animals so why should I care uh, why should I care it's just an animal um, but that's such a poor mindset and that's such a backwards way of thinking um, if science is to inform the way we think inform the way we uh, evolve our legislation we're starting to understand that animals are more than just objects they are able to they are capable of uh, feeling pain love, kindness, uh, attention, things like that, that humans do as well. Okay, so this concept of sentience, which I'll 
I think I'll talk about later on. There's something that's coming through in a lot of legislation around the world. Um, and it's something that I think Hong Kong should introduce because it's important to recognize the status of animals as being more than property. But I mean, we've been on the same legislation since 1935. Um, getting the legislature to introduce the concept of sentience into Hong Kong law, I think is going to be a bridge too far. So I think for now, let's focus on CAP 169 and we can talk about sentience uh, maybe in another 90 years or so. So this is just um, a strike rate from the report, okay? Um, and you can see through the limitations and the problems that we have in CAP 169, particularly the uh, six month time bar and the failure to catch you know, people red-handed and the investigation time, you can see how poor it translates. So uh, these, these are a bit out of date because the report was only up to 2020. But you can see, um, I'm, I'm terrible at maths, but if someone was good at maths, they could tell me what the percentage strike rate was. But I can tell you it's very poor. 368 cases of suspected cruelty in 2018 translates to 27 cases prosecuted. 288, 29 cases. And halfway through the year in 2020, 150 cases, five prosecutions, five. So it just means 145 cases of animal cruelty being reported are not being prosecuted, 7 to 10%. Um, I think that's a sale in Hong Kong U. It's a very poor sale. Um, so, I mean, if, if, we, if we're prosecuting five people out of 150, that's 145 other people who are getting away who will think, I've got away with this. There's nothing to stop me from doing this again because I'm not getting punished. Where's, where's the, the learning from your mistakes if you're not getting punished for it? Um, and that's a big problem in Hong Kong. And that's something that we continue to see because people are not getting prosecuted. So where are the amendments? We've been calling for amendments for such a long time, but where are they? This is why this cat is looking so upset. So in 2019, this is pre-COVID, of course, um, given the poor uh, reception of CAP 169 and the need to improve the legislation, the government actually asked for a public consultation. What do people think about amending the ordinance? Is this going to be uh, something that's positively uh, received? Are we going to enjoy this? Do we need this? What what aspects of the law needs to change? Okay. Um, and the primary aim of the ordinance was to emphasize to Hong Kong that despite, you know, all the cases in Hong Kong, the government cares. We care about animal cruelty and we want to do something about it. So we want to, we want to, you know, show our strength in amending this ordinance. Um, and we want to do this by introducing this, you know, concept of duty of care to require those who are responsible for animals to take positive steps to provide for their welfare. Okay. And you sort of think, this is great. This is really good news. Um, and this is uh, Secretary for Ho Food and Health, Sophia Chan, back in 2019. And this is what she said. We hope to take a proactive stance to increase the maximum penalty against animal abusers and improve the effectiveness of law enforcement. For years, we've believed that this is something we should do. And I agree, Sophia. I agree that this is something we should do. 
but why has this not been done yet? Now, I'm sitting here, uh, 10th of October, 2023, and there's still no word as to when this amendment will happen. Okay, I accept that, you know, in the past three years, it's been a bit of a blur because we had this pesky thing called COVID. Things have moved on since then. You would have thought that this has been, if it's so important to the government to curtail animal abuse, to punish offenders, to make the legislation relevant in 2023, they would have done this by now. But yet, I don't know why. Now, I've had uh, a face-to-face with a director of the AFCD, the Agriculture, Fishery and Conservation Department. And this is a question I asked him. I said, where are these amendments? And, you know, he's, he's very positive about animal welfare. And he said to me, oh, it's it's coming, it's coming. And I said, okay, well, what is what is coming? Is it tomorrow? Is it next year? Is it a decade? Is it 20 years? And he said, oh, don't worry, it'll, it'll come. So that's, I mean, if you ask me when the amendments are coming, I can say it's coming, but I don't know when. Um, now, one of the things that he also asked me to do was to encourage more of the public to get behind the AFCD and to get behind the amendments. Now, I think we've been doing that for about 13 years. Um, and I say to him, look, the very first question that someone will ask me about these amendments are, when are they coming? And if I can't give them a good time frame, people are just going to say, oh, well, okay, I'll just twiddle my thumbs and wait, shall I? And that's the problem. That's what we're dealing with today. Now, I hope, I hope, hope, hope that by the end of this year, we will see something but I won't hold my breath because in Hong Kong, if things want to change, things change quickly. I mean, we saw with the pandemic, we had the introduction of uh, the ordinances in relation to mask wearing and things like that. That came through overnight. We had uh, changes in terms of the way wild boars in Hong Kong were being dealt with in Hong Kong. They used to be dealt with in a certain way after a certain incident involving a policeman in Hong Kong. They've now changed to uh, uh, a way where it's it shoot first and ask questions later. So we're seeing a lot of wild boars being killed in Kowal because that's what the policy is in, in Hong Kong is at the moment. So these things came in overnight, in a fortnight, in a month's time because it was important for the government to do so. I mean, I understand with COVID, it's extremely important to protect public health and safety, and that's why these amendments and these ordinances came in so quickly to require us to wear face masks and things like that. I accept that, but it's also important for animals to be protected. So why is it not being prioritized? And that's a question that I still don't understand. And I think I go back to that, the answer that I gave you earlier before, it's just an animal. Why should I care? That's the mindset that needs to change in Hong Kong. was Mr. Kim McCoy from the Hong Kong Animal Law and Protection Organization. I'm Carol Meng, and I invite you to join me next Sunday morning on Minds Matters.